Hey everyone, it's Emily Murphy with Grow What You Love, a show of unexpected stories of people and plants and growth with a capital G. I can't wait to share the story of Lily Padilla, my next guest. But first, I have some exciting news. You can now listen to Grow What You Love wherever you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and soon it will be live on Spotify. Here's what people are saying about the show. This was so refreshing and informative to listen to. I could imagine it all, and I'm looking forward to hearing more. Thanks, Annie H. And Nicole Burke of Gardenary Company says, listened as I cooked and absolutely loved it. At Pass the Pistol has made the most beautiful podcast, and I am a fan for life. If you want to see your food in a new way, it's a must listen. Thanks so much for the reviews, you two. Now for our guest. Her name is Lily Padilla, and she's a certified integrative nutrition health coach and chef specializing in Chinese nutritional therapy in Ayurveda. She's also the author of the book Anti-Cancer, Habits and Anti-Inflammatory Nutrition. She began studying nutrition and the benefits of a plant-based diet after treatment for ovarian cancer and a surgery that went horribly wrong, decreasing her chances of survival. Now, before cancer, Lily was a graphic designer in LA's entertainment world, living a fast-paced life. She was as far from her childhood home in Colombia, surrounded by nature and fresh foods, as she ever could be. In her words, it was cancer that opened up a door for curiosity and led her to fall in love with holistic nutrition, and in many ways, bringing her back to her roots, because here, she also rediscovered her intrinsic connection to nature. And in the process, she went from despair and depression to finding renewed purpose. I met with Lily in her home where she was busy making a meal of cauliflower ceviche salad and these wonderful sprouted lentil bars. And you'll hear very clearly that she wouldn't let me lift a finger to help her. So listeners, I'm here in Lily's kitchen and we're making several dishes. We're making a ceviche with cauliflower. We're sprouting mung beans and lentils. Sprouted lentils. And these are some of your recipes that you go to often for harmonizing your pH. Tell me again the acronym for pH for you. <laughs> Pure harmony. Pure harmony. Right, because food is the one thing that we do every day and that can change our pH very quickly. Mm-hmm. So when we know what foods are not just alkaline or acid forming, but we know that actually they work for our particular body and our particular microbiome, then we actually preserve that balance. And it's very important for us to live that way, to understand how we are interconnected with the soil and the plants that we eat, or not only the plants, in general, the food that we eat, each food has an effect, a different effect on us. That's why we can help different people to come back to balance through food as well, right? Mm-hmm. So actually, even survivors like me, that after treatments, they, they need to come back into balance quickly because they feel weak or with fatigue. You know, we know that they need not only to let go and detoxify the body, but also they need to balance their pH. Right, and heal themselves from the inside out. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to dive into this. I know we're in the middle of cooking. So right now, That's Lily, okay. what are you adding to the cauliflower? So I just wash and braid the cauliflower and, you know, like a small bite. And I'm adding water and I'm going to boil steam. Boil steam is one of the gentle ways to preserve nutrients. So I'm just going to cook it very quickly. 
five minutes. This dish is very easy because it's five minutes cooking. <laughs> right, so it's quick. It's quick. So, so you just added water to the cauliflower. It's yes. chopped up into smaller bite-sized pieces. Yes. You're heating it quickly, so you're going to basically flash steam it. You're going to steam it right. just for a very short period of time. Yeah, like five minutes. I'm going to steam it there, but with a little bit of water. And that way, the bite size will be easy to, yeah, chew, to chew, because the other ingredients are raw. So this is a summer dish, and it's a very balanced dish for summer because really we have mainly foods that are yin foods. Right, they're sweet. Right, and the yin, the yin and the yang is very good to preserve, especially when there is climate change or season. So this is a food for this season, actually, for the hot season, because they carry a lot of water, tomatoes, cucumbers, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm steaming, and the onions, and the cilantro, they have all this incredible amount of yin on them. So they will help me to preserve the balance between the hot weather and not to get too dry. My whole body will actually appreciate because I will balance my yin and my yang in summer with this dish. And the cauliflower is the offset or the the yang to, to the, other. the summer vegetables. Well, yeah, and a little bit of the onions are in there. It's good to have warming foods, you know, to, yeah. to not be too cooling the dish also. You know, I need to balance the dish. So I balance the dish with warming onions. Okay. So that's why I have the red onions in there. <laughs> Do you think you put onions in everything? Not I'm just curious because I yeah. I do I I nearly put onions in everything. Yeah, I'm I use different type of onions, you know, for different dishes, for different dishes, yeah. or for different conditions. So there are conditions uh, if the person has diarrhea, right? You know, using leeks or other type of other types other of type of plants in the onion family. Mm -hmm. Yes, same thing with the garlic. Or if I'm working with a client that just recently had cancer or diabetes or they, they just want to actually preserve better the uh, microbiome. Mm -hmm. So the onion and the garlic family of vegetables are very important for that, the mm -hmm. allium family. Mm -hmm. It's highly anti-cancer. Mm -hmm. So like these onions were chopped ahead of time for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm having them to have like a reaction, a chemical reaction with oxygen. If I don't chop them up ahead of time and then mm -hmm. I put them in the heat of the water or whatever I'm cooking, it says I'm making a soup, then they won't release as much anti-cancer compounds and antibiotic compounds and it, as if I chop them ahead of time. Okay, so you've basically diced them or minced them and you've chopped them ahead of time so that they're not necessarily oxidizing, but they're open no. to the air. For a little bit. For a little bit, and that actually helps release anti -cancer their, compounds. their anti-cancer compounds. And that is scientifically proven. That is so interesting. Yes. And this topic of anti-cancer, so your story, I know we need to keep cooking, but it's I, okay, it's just starting. I, I had it in low. That's I fine. would love for listeners to understand your story and how you came to this type of cooking, which is Chinese nutritional, nutritional therapy. Yes. Chinese nutritional therapy. Mm -hmm. And the topic of anti-cancer is so important and personal to you because you are a cancer survivor yourself. Seventeen years. And you were diagnosed with terminal cancer. Ovarian cancer, very aggressive. Yeah, they thought that I might not make it because by the time they found out that I had cancer, they were going around and around and around and they didn't realize until later on when the cancer was advancing. So when they did the surgery, which is, was an emergency surgery because my abdomen was bloating up terribly. Mm -hmm. They opened me up and uh, instead of being like horizontal, they opened me vertical and they pulled everything out because it was so big. 
Mm -hmm. And when the doctor was pulling the tumor was so big and it was so advanced that it broke inside me. So the tumor broke inside me and then he was like, oh my God, the chances of her to survive will be less and less and less. So that's why they had to give me chemo and radiation because the tumor was broken inside me when they were pulling it out. Mm -hmm. So you have all these cancer cells basically everywhere, everywhere. at that point. Everywhere, yeah. So it was very, yeah, I mean, it was hard to listen and to hear the doctor saying, yeah, the probabilities are very short that you will, you know. But in any case, I don't want to remember that because I get sad. But I figure out I don't have anything else to lose because I couldn't have children. I didn't have, you know, much left. The fiance that I had at the time broke out with me because I couldn't have children. So I had my family and my friends and their love and my curiosity for, you know, what can I do brought me into Chinese medicine and Chinese doctors mm -hmm. told me, you know, my acupuncturist, they always told me, you're so weak, you're so tiny, so petite, and you might not, you might not have the strength, but we can help you to have vitality, and you can, you know, learn. And they gave me the first books. And I always remember when I got the first book, I was like, oh my God, I'm so ignorant about food and about the power of food. So I told my sister that is, she's a nurse, anesthetist, and she was like, well, nothing to lose, why not to learn? Mm -hmm. So people were giving me all these books about cancer, and I, I realized I don't want to read more about cancer. I told my sister, take them away. I want to read about wellness and health and food. And so my bed, because I spent most of the time in my bed, was filled with tons and tons of books. And I read so hundreds of books. And then I realized, I want to learn about food. I want to learn nutrition. And my sister and my mom, they were thrilled to hear that because they didn't know what to do with me. I was, mm -hmm. you know, for like a year in bed. So they were like, okay, maybe, you, you, yeah, we bring you more books. So I was like, no, I want to learn. So my sister started poking on the internet and doing things, and then I started learning nutrition that way at the beginning. But then I went, you know, to learn official school, and I changed my career, and that's the beginning. Right, so you started at home with your own curiosity. Yes. And also a real yearning for wellness right. and wanting to focus on wellness, which is, in other words, might be focusing on the positive. I didn't give up. I asked my sister many times, if I do this or I do the other thing, do you guys support me with this? And my mom told me, whatever, whatever you need to do, just fill it. Let me know what it is and then we'll help you. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I really want to learn more about cooking. Teach me, mom, because I didn't know how to cook much. You, you didn't. Know. When you started, you really didn't know how to cook. No, I didn't because my, well, my grandma was a chef. So I always saw them cooking at home and, and you know, her business too. But from my grandma to my mom was like, how can I do this? You know, I don't, hold on, I have to look at my pot. <laughs> but, but then, uh, poor, but poor, then. We've talked past the five minutes of the cauliflower no, cooking. No, it's just but started. But it's not quite no, It's boiling. not quite there. Okay. Not quite boiling. So, yeah, so I learned that I had the passion for it and that I could cook when I was around people that knew how to cook, like my mom. I was reading so much, so I was telling my mom, Mom, I need a soup with this, 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 and that. And she's like, okay, sit down, because I was very weak. And then mm -hmm. a week later, she's like, no, come on, you help me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, what do I do? So I started cooking with her, and it was fun. 
I realized that even although I was mm-hmm. in pain and I was not standing fully mm-hmm. because I was so weak, I and the surgery was brutal, so it was very hard to stand straight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I was cutting and I was learning and I was seeing, and then I was looking at the books and like, no, mom, I think that we need to do this. And she was like, you're asking me for so many weird foods that I never saw, like <laughs> burdock, you know, like oh, burdock and burdock root yeah, or yeah. other things. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, I don't know what this is. But then I was telling her and my mom was like, you know a lot. She realized, yes, go and study nutrition. You know a lot of things. Right, right. That even not, I don't know. But I, then she helped me and she motivated me. And then, of course, that when I started cooking, my, my family was my guinea pigs. You know, how do you like this? You know, that kind of things. And my sister was like, oh, this is good. I love this. I never ate this green before, you know. Right, right. So, so not only were you... Not only were you cooking with ingredients that you knew could improve your health, right. but you were also cooking for flavor. Yes. How do how do these how do these foods taste? Exactly. What is the quality of this dish? Mm-hmm. Do you like it? Does it make you happy? Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Do you want more? That's right. a really good exactly. sign that it's good. But the best thing was when the doctors realized that I was doing really well. That my cancer markers were like even like really good like every month was like really good improving improving and improving and improving and they were like even although she had this really aggressive cancer and the chances the tumor open up inside her then she's still doing good what is she doing you know and then after the chemo and all that stuff the doctors realized that my hair was coming back very soon and they were like whatever you're doing Keep doing it, you know? <laughs> your, your body was responding My to... My body was responding, and definitely. It, and it sounds yeah. like your body was responding not only to the food, but to your action towards wellness. Right. And your drive and your curiosity, as you said, but also that... I want to say, I just keep coming back to positivity. And yeah. no, definitely your that. thoughts were obviously in sync with your actions and working towards health and not even giving the other option any time or consideration no, in your thoughts or your no. thinking. At the same time that I was learning to nutrition and cooking, and then I started actually following and going to universities that they were very much into Chinese universities, I should say, Mm -hmm. at the beginning, that they were into helping other cancer patients with different things. So I was doing that too. I realized, wow, I not only need to come and help my digestion, because that's the focus in Chinese medicine, is focus on the digestion first of the patient. And then you go and you send messages through food because food speaks to us. They carry messages especially the microbes in the food or or the enzymes from the food, then I realized I need to calm my brain and my mind. So that's why I was more into the positive than the negative also, because mm-hmm. following people like Deepak Chopra or you know different people that they were teaching me to meditate, to be calm, to breathe correctly, and started doing, even although I couldn't do full yoga because my body was, you know, I was not straight. Right, because your surgery was, was, so, the surgery was so invasive. Exactly. So I started doing yoga, sitting yoga and different things. So I, I had a change, but I think that the impact of food and herbs, they impact my brain in a way that I was always doing something more positive for myself and for surviving. Mm -hmm. So it did really help me to come back into balance 
doing the whole thing. Lifestyle. Reprogramming your body. In my mind. And your mind. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, because you're, well, I know this from occupational therapy, uh -huh. that your body follows your brain and your brain follows your body. Yes. And, it, and your comment, though, too, about the digestive tract makes complete sense. When I think about mental health, so much of the reading I've done on mental health comes back to the gut and if your gut is healthy mm -hmm. you're much more likely to have a healthy mind Definitely. but what is your I'd love to hear more about your perspective on the digestive tract because I know in your book in particular that is one of the concepts you talk about right I um, have a whole chapter about digestion I have one chapter about digestion and another one about immunity mm -hmm. and there is because they go hand to hand if you want to have better immunity, you definitely need to focus on the absorption and the assimilation of nutrients. But that wouldn't happen if the microbiome is not at ease and is not receiving the right foods. Mm -hmm. So we need to actually learn that food impacts our organisms, our flora, mm -hmm. and the microflora will definitely help us to think better. You know, it's a bidirectional message from the gut to the brain and to the brain goes back to the gut. So whatever you think will impact your digestion, and whatever you eat will impact your thinking. Mm -hmm. Isn't it beautiful? It's, it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a circle of life. It's a circle of life. Within us. Within us. We were talking about this earlier before yes. we started recording. Yes. That we are the microbiomes of this greater biome that is our home. Right. It's the macro. And I understood that also when I had, I was in treatments, I, without knowing all the things that I know nowadays about the microbiome, I was following my intuition. My sister, she had in her backyard a tree, an orange tree and a fig tree. And they closed my apartment and they took me over to my sister's because I couldn't drive. I couldn't go to the doctor by myself. I couldn't do anything. I was really in the hands yeah. of my family, mm -hmm. which they were extremely helpful. But the thing is, after the treatment, every time I asked her, can you take me to the backyard? And they were like, what? You need to be sleeping or resting. I was like... <laughs> No, I told my mom one time because my mom was worried that I was, my immune system was so weak that I was going out and close to the earth. And I told her, no mom, I think for some reason I feel good there. And every time I come back that they hit me with all these poisons, I come back and I feel good in the garden. Mm -hmm. So they took me to the garden and she put a chair and then I asked them to put something on the floor because I wanted to lay down close to the tree. The orange tree, I still feel so bad. The orange tree die after I start getting better. The orange tree is not there anymore. But it really helped me because I was holding him every day. Every time I was having the chemo, I was there and I felt that that was the place that I should have been. And I even told my mom, maybe, maybe the earth is calling me. Maybe I'm going to die. I don't know why I like to come here. And my mom, she says, whatever, that's okay. We'll bring you magazines. We'll bring you stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's good. So I started laying down against the tree. And I survived, but the tree didn't. So I know that I got a connection with plants early. You know, the cancer got me back into, into coming back into nature mm -hmm. because I was raised with that, you know. My dad loved nature and we had all kinds of animals. And so when I started learning nutrition and I was cooking and I started making my own things and my green soups that saved me, I think, my green soups were all to help the digestive tract, mm -hmm. exactly, and to heal the gut and to feed my flora. Because my sister, as a nurse, she kept telling me to 
your floor is gonna be hammered with the chemo and all that stuff. So without knowing at that time so much as I know about the microbiome nowadays, I kept telling her, yes, I feel good every time I have these green soups. And every time I eat the salads, I feel like really good. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't have only salads because I wouldn't feel good because my GI was very weak. My digestive fire was not there. Wait, so the salads weren't? Salads by itself wouldn't be good for, what they were not good for me at that time when Mm -hmm. I was so weak. So I knew that. So I was listening to my body. I was listening to what happened inside me. So that way I realized I needed to have soup and salad, warming and cooling. And then I started balancing my yin and my yang. It was incredible to see the change in my own. I was looking at myself, it's like, I'm feeling better. And I started having sprouts and herbs from the garden, my mom's garden. And it was all like coming back, like the earth needed it to show me that I needed it to do the same thing. So it was very helpful for me to have all this knowledge coming into my life frequently, so that at that time especially, so that I could understand what I needed it to do. So it was just amazing the way life, that's why I said I owe many things to cancer because otherwise I wouldn't come back to my nature and to plants and, or learn to cook, which I didn't know I had that in my own blood from my grandma. I mean, she was a chef, but I didn't, I didn't know at the time. You did, hadn't realized that. I didn't realize it until I started cooking and my mom was like, you're good. You're, you're really doing, good. You're this good is, this, this. So you have these, you had this intuition for what you needed to heal time right. and nature. Right. And that tree, I mean, I'm so, I don't know if listeners, you're wiping your eyes, but I've been tearing up to listen to Lily speak is really incredible. But you had this nutritional wisdom. Yes. What I'm hearing you say is it's feeding your body with food, of course, giving yourself food, but also giving yourself this time in nature. Yes. And it's this whole picture of wellness that I think we all know to be true, but sometimes we don't take the time to listen to ourselves. No, I I was submerged in a world of computers, design for years after school. You said you were in the entertainment business. Yeah, graphic design for the entertainment business for almost nine years. I went from living in a really natural world and eating fresh foods. As a child. As a child, to college and eating campus foods and not sleeping well and partying as well. And then I realized, (laughs) yeah. And then I went like higher right away. I didn't wait. I mean, the entertainment needed people like me at the time. It was a good career. So I I was working without even having the, being certified yet as a graphic designer. So I realized, oh, wait, this is a good business. So I submerged in that world. But that world was not that great for me because I was eating the wrong foods. I was eating processed foods, bad oils, and not sleeping well, and not exercising. So I realized as soon as I came back into being out there, we belong out there. We belong in nature. We are part Mm -hmm. of the cycle of nature. Mm -hmm. Think about this. 90% of our body is microorganisms. We're we're filled with little tiny Tiny, animals. Tiny animals. So 90% scientifically proven, 90% of our body is microbial cells and 10% human cells. We need more to live like organisms like nature. Where are the organisms? Where they come from? From nature. Mm, We're not separate from nature. No, we are nature. Human genes are only like 10% and the microbial genes, which many universities like Harvard, they say, 
what matters is the microbial genes, not the human genes that much. Mm -hmm. That's the new version of Harvard and other major universities where I have done all these symposiums and the classes mm -hmm. about the microbiome. So I realized, oh, if they are saying this, that is very similar to what Chinese nutritional therapy and Ayurveda have been saying, mm -hmm. that we need to be more like nature and, and preserve our own flora they didn't say the microbiome, mm -hmm. but they say the flora is extremely important, and so is the connection with our GI. Right, and we're hearing this from Chinese nutritional therapy, Ayurveda, and Western medicine. And science now. And science yes. is backing up this knowledge that we've had for centuries. For centuries. It's just that we were thinking, oh, I'm separate. I'm human. I'm not like the animals. That's not true. We are exactly like the vegetables, like the animals, like nature. So think about this vegetation nature vegetables right mm -hmm. food and more plant-based is what feeds well the microbiome according to science mm. fiber is the number one food for the microbiome fiber fiber so the more vegetables the more beans the more seeds the more legumes with stuff like that 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 carries the fiber is in the herbs, definitely as well. Mm -hmm. They impact the organisms on us. If they are organic, they are very good because they don't have pesticides. But if they have heavy pesticides or things that are killing the microbes, then we get disconnected. We are interconnected with our microbes from the soil to the food to the gut. Mm -hmm. So by killing the microbes in the soil and also spraying plants with, say, pesticides, mm -hmm. so we have, we have two things that work. We have fertilizers that interrupt the natural process of soil Correct. and that soil ecosystem. And then Correct. we also have chemicals that kill those microbes because the poisons we put on plants to manage pests and other diseases also then kills the microorganisms that are in soil. And, uh, and when they kill that, they damage the enzymes and the food that were the ones that we needed to digest those foods. Mm, which makes complete sense. And Lily, going back to for a moment, you had mentioned when you were a child, you grew up in nature and yeah. you, you spent your childhood in Colombia? Correct, yeah. And you lived there as a young child and before we started recording, you mentioned you know, going out into the countryside to go to the farms and get your vegetables and how that was such a strong memory for you and a part of your culture yeah. and so when you found yourself in nature again it almost sounds as if you you were reconnecting to this part of yourself that made complete sense yeah and your completeness it was almost as if what i'm hearing is this completeness in yourself you were feeding yourself you were finding joy and following that thread of joy wait this feels good this is making me happy i'm going to do more of what feels good and is making me happy in this really positive way right and it was also reconnecting you with your history and your heritage and my heritage yeah but i i really noticed the difference in my health as soon as i came back into eating organic and the right foods and being in nature more and hiking and, mm -hmm. you know, being in the garden more often. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I do gardening as much as I can with my sprouts, mm -hmm. my herbs, you know. Mm -hmm. But going back to Colombia, sometimes I go to the farms, my family's farms, coffee farms, and, and I realize how important it is. Even although it's a different area, and, mm -hmm. and the hemisphere is different. Yeah. The foods and the nature in there is really green, mm -hmm. you know, it's very pure if you're in a farm, not in the big cities. But that gave me that hope that 
yes, I just need to come back more into nature and create my own environment here in LA where I live mm -hmm. that is more surrounded by nature. If you see my home and I have tons of plants and I know what each plant does and I know how to clean the air in my own apartment or in my own balcony with tons of plants that mm -hmm. are, they do exactly that, they clean the air. Mm -hmm. So nature for me has been like a lifeline, a lifeline, a lifeline. saver, a saver. I mm -hmm. said, that's why I love the green color. People tell me why my logo and my company and everything, even my clients, they say, you wear a lot of green. It's like, I love green because green saves my, not mm -hmm. only my liver, because that's the color of the liver, mm -hmm. but also it cleaned my blood and it brought me back into balance. The vegetation, plants, definitely. Mm -hmm. So listeners, Lily's house is absolutely filled with plants. I'm looking at bamboo and philodendrons and on her patio, she has a shelf, which I'll take a photograph of. She has a shelf that is filled with sprouts that she's grown and herbs such as basil and thyme. And there's mint growing out there along with some other plants that look like they're plants for beauty. So there's a mix. Oh, and aloe is another plant that I see oh, quite I a bit of. Yeah, tons of, tons aloe, of aloe. So there are a lot of plants here and I will be sure to take pictures so you can see them and post them to the podcast blog. And what we're doing now, so Lily right now, and I can help too, Lily. No, that's okay. So right now, Lily is finishing the ceviche. So this is a cauliflower ceviche that she has finished steaming the cauliflower in a little bit of water. It's steamed for about five minutes. And what she had said, if we remember, is that this amount of time helps to cook the cauliflower, but it also maintains the nutrients within the cauliflower. And she's mixing it now with onions that she chopped and tomatoes and Cucumber. cucumber and what else is in here is that um, cilantro cilantro yeah tons of cilantro and then we're gonna put a little bit of salt sea salt or himalayan salt and olive oil and lemon because the lemon is the one thing i forgot to do before but lemon is very important and we can actually have it depends on the condition of the person that i'm helping but like in this case i don't know your conditions but i know that for me i like lemon rind a little bit because mm -hmm. it's highly anti-cancer but i also is to warm up the dish a little bit for my digestion or for people's digestion depending on the condition of the person that i'm helping so i switch the dish i can have a base dish but I really create the recipes according to the condition of the person, the yin and the yang in mind, to balance the person and yin and yang, and to balance the dish yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to know what season it is. It's very important to learn that in this dish, right now, today, we're gonna have lemon and olive oil as a base. It's very simple, very mm -hmm. quick to do, mm -hmm. but it is a summer dish and it helps, it's in general. It's not for anybody special, but it's in general. It, it's a general summer dish, but what you're right. saying is is that this dish can be modified to meet the needs of an individual person who yes. has conditions they want to treat. Yes, And exactly. it can also be modified with the seasons. Yes. According to what's available, what's, what's seasonally available and appropriate. Right, and the movement. Most people, they don't know this, but in Chinese medicine, we know that food creates a movement, meaning it can be upward, our downbearing in the body. So if there is acid reflux or, or if the person stagnation or low energy comes from the bottom of the body, we use certain foods to move that upward so that there's energy. Like some people, they have cold feet or 
problems in their legs or arthritis in the knee. So the energy is not moving in that area. If any of you listeners have gone to acupuncture for treatments or acupressure, or you just feel tired all the time, <laughs> or maybe your knees are, are bugging you, what Lily's saying is that that's due to stagnation and that right. certain foods can help move that stagnation energy. and mm-hmm. the energy through us. Right. What's the technical term for that? Is that qi or chi? It's the chi movement. It's the chi movement. Chi I know movement there's of qigong. Qigong, yes. Yeah. But then there's also chi. I think it depends on what culture. Right, exactly. Uh, and and if we're talking you... about Ayurveda or Chinese medicine, but okay. it's different. The term, but in reality, what it does is the same. So there are foods that can create movement in certain areas of the body, which make, again, sense because there are specific foods that are the influence the network organs or the system. It says there are foods that are specific to help or if it's too much, to doesn't help, the network of the spleen pancreas or the network of the liver gallbladder, mm-hmm. right? So there are different organs that they work together and that's the way I create the recipes. I always think what this person needs. So I need to know the history of, like, a health history of the person. And then I realize, oh, I can do this for her or for him. And then I explain, and the person says, okay, let me try. Then we try. We give it a a shot for a few times, and then it becomes part of their menu or not. Because you're basically testing to see what the results might be. Yeah, Mm -hmm. what's good for the person. Everyone knows that in order to grow stuff, you got to water it, right? That's why I'm always on the lookout for smart new products that can help make growing easier. That and the fact that if I didn't have help watering my garden, it would probably all die, which is why this rectangular sprinkler is really fabulous. It lets you infinitely customize the area you want to water, which means no more having to move it from one odd-shaped corner of your yard to another. And with this sprinkler, you have these really neat adjustable tabs that slide from either front to back or side to side, and both sides can also be moved independently so you can get those really neat shapes that might be existing in your yard. And there's an on-off switch, so you can move it without getting wet or having to run back to the spigot to turn it off first. Makes sense, right? Try one at gilmore.com and save 20% with promo code GROW20 or GROW20. One thing it's important to remember about you and your story now today is that you're mm-hmm. a nutritional coach. Yes. Yeah. And that you wrote a book that has the some of these recipes in it as well as these concepts that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's anti-cancer yeah. habits and anti-inflammatory nutrition. Yeah, you can find that book in Amazon. If you just Google my name, Lily Padilla, or the name of the book, it just mm-hmm. comes out. I teach in different places and I work with different type of patients, not just cancer, but My forte definitely is helping cancer survivors to come back into balance, you know, as Mm -hmm. much as possible with food, because that's my forte as well, you know. Mm -hmm. I love food. For many years, more than 17 years, I've been learning about the properties of each food, the influence of each food in different organs, and Mm -hmm. how they can be balanced also with the seasons or with the weather changes. Now that we have these weather changes, I switch my 
own recipes. Oh no, it's getting too dry. We have to do this in this dish so that the body mm. preserves that balance. And is that day to day too? So today it's a little bit rainy outside. Right. Does that affect your recipe as well? Like, uh, oh, it's yeah. raining. Or it's raining it, out there. Or is it more global? Like the seasons right now, it's less humid. It's dry. It's in general the season, not it's not each day, not, but okay. not necessarily each day. But yeah, some patients or some clients that are very sensitive or very sick, I call them and I say. This recipe is not for this time of the year. You know, when they tell me, oh, I really like your curry, I really like your... Mm. It's like, yes, but, you know, remember what time is the, of the year is, what season it is. So, yeah. And I do that even with my dog, Paco. Why, well, we just heard Paco sneezing. <laughs> and so Lily has this little dog. What kind of dog is Paco? It's a chihuahua. He's a chihuahua. 17, 18, 18 years this year. 18 years? 18 years. Paco, say hi. Hi, Paco. <laughs> yeah, Paco is, he was other of my saviors. He took me out in walks when I was without hair, weak, and just starting to live alone again the first years. It so was, you've had him since he was a puppy. Yes, yeah. He was actually a year old, so he's 18 now, yeah. And he's still healthy. The vet says that he has a wonderful, beautiful hair. And I think I we owe that to seaweed and the vegetables that he eats. I see. Do you give him vegetables too? Yes, and raw meat. He's duck only. Okay. But it's for the enzymes again. So he has more enzymes than a regular dog does with kibble. And so he's very healthy, but he's my love and my only child. <laughs> and he and his hearing is good because his ears perk up every perk time up. you talk to yes. him. Yes, he still hears. He still sees well. And he is 18 years old. And he's 18. He is a small dog, so I know small dogs. They live longer. Live longer. Right. But he is a very healthy small dog. Right. Do you guys like olive oil? Absolutely. Okay, because we're going to have me to help you reach that. No, that's okay. I got it. Yeah, don't worry. So, yeah, we're going to have lemon olive oil in this quick ceviche. It's highly nutritious. So, besides putting my mind in the creation of a dish with the five elements, you know, and the five flavors, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, sweet, sour, pungent, salty, and bitter, and the needs of the person. I also create the dishes thinking on the regular nutrition, meaning how much carbs this has, how much protein is this gonna give me, what are the good oils and the omegas in here, Mm -hmm. right? So that my clients get the same as me, we get all the nutrients that we need. But I first ensure that they will absorb and assimilate those nutrients. Mm -hmm. So it's not just giving a diet or a recipe to a client saying, here, this has good protein and not too much carbs, depending on the condition. I first think, how are they going to digest this? How is the GI of the person working? How is the microbiome of the person in what state? And then making that dish so that it's easy to break down and easy to assimilate. The nutrients, so you're, so the body is capturing and absorbing All and the utilizing the nutrients. the nutrients that the plants have to offer. So backing up then, you were talking about sweet and savory and bitter, those five elements as well as carbohydrates and proteins. So when we're looking at this particular dish, the ceviche, which it's really this gorgeous salad, you know, how are each of these plants, how are these ingredients interacting with each other? 
together because I know one of the things you say in your book is is it's not just the individual plant it's the combination of these plants and how we marry them together correct that's so important for our health and again what you were just saying a moment ago too that that particular combination varies depending upon your needs and, and your client or yourself and your nutritional yeah, the health, goals the health yeah. of the person yes the cauliflower we were just talking about that as well the cauliflower balances the sweet of the summer vegetables yes. and it is so it's summer and it's dry so what I hear you saying too is that the cucumbers and the tomatoes offer moisture the yeah. cilantro as well the cilantro as well and not only that we're gonna add a, a kick in this one which is the seaweed so we're gonna have a seaweed that will give us more minerals right so this is dulce and it will definitely create that salty flavor without having too much salt we're going to mm -hmm. add a pinch of salt but this carries the saltiness also so you can add or create dishes that has the five flavors without you know eating literally the same thing all the time mm -hmm. actually diversity of vegetables and diversity of the flavors is when we are not doing most of the standard american diet usually they have that diet they eat too much salt and too much sweet but they are missing the pungent foods or the pungent vegetables they're missing the sour and they're missing a lot of bitter because most people they don't like bitter and they don't know how to eat it so when we create it in here we add it right then people will actually don't notice that there is bitter my bitter is right there in the table and it's the lettuce the lettuce are from the bitter nature and mm -hmm. they dry out so they will balance the moist as well mm -hmm. which i think that's something most people don't recognize is that lettuce has actually become sweeter over time but lettuce is in historically nature. in nature it is very bitter no it's a bitter nature from the soil so the soil will give us the five flavors and the soil carries that the mm -hmm. chemistry that will become that flavor needed for the body so the chemistry is transferred i think from the soil through a flavor and we call it that's part of the elements mm. you know it's bringing what element right and it's mm -hmm. going to have an impact in what network of the body mm -hmm. so there's each flavor has an impact in each network organs mm -hmm. so that's why we know how to balance certain conditions with managing the five flavors mm -hmm. you're making me think of some of the other plants that i know are misunderstood like what? My, my background is, my heritage is Mediterranean. And in Italy, for instance, radicchios. Is uh, bitter. They're bitter and they are prized. It's almost like a fine wine or vintages of wine, I should Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Where the different varieties of radicchios are named after the regions in which they're oh, from and they're grown. Oh my gosh. Like a wine. Like you can't call champagne a champagne unless it's grown in, in mm -hmm. that region mm -hmm. of France. It's the same with radicchios at least traditionally and, wow, and historically in, in Italy. And they're bitter. They're right. very bitter. Right. And I think that at first when you have radicchio, say in a salad, it can set you off guard because it's a flavor we're not used to. I've had this experience before where once I started figuring out how to cook with them, I started craving ah. the bitter. Uh -huh. And I think it's, again, going back to some of what you're talking about, it's this nutritional wisdom of, wait, okay, hold on. At first I really didn't like it, but now I like it. And I think it's this nutritional wisdom that our body knows what it needs. And right. once we, like a mother feeding its child, we just have 
have to keep introducing these foods and keep little trying. Little by little. Little by little. Until you develop the enzymes and then your body will love it. When I say your body, really I'm thinking about your body of microbes. Your body of microbes will actually produce more enzymes for the new foods as much as you eat them. But if you don't have diversity of foods, then you will have only the same organisms, the same type of organisms. You want diversity of organisms, which is related to overall health mm -hmm. and good immunity, then you want to have diversity of foods and introduce little by little new foods that you might not like it because you didn't have enzymes for it. But it's like a baby. It's the same concept. When the baby is having breast milk and then it switch to formula milk, the baby will throw up and have a flurps and, and gas and all that stuff. But the doctor doesn't tell you, don't give the formula to the baby. The doctor says, wait, do it little by little until the baby develops enzymes. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept mm -hmm. with food and adults. So the more we introduce new foods, especially we know the value, the nutritional value and what they do for our organs or what they do for our health, then we develop enzymes. And the organisms in charge of developing the enzymes as well, the, mm -hmm. the microorganisms, they will be happy to do it for you. Actually, from many doctors that they are gastroenterologists, they talk about this concept now, that they are talking about the microbiome too. One is that this is, is I think, 5,000 different enzymes that we need. 3,000 are made by your flora, by your organisms, your microbiome. Mm -hmm. When you introduce new foods, when you have a complete set of diversity of foods. Mm -hmm. So the more diverse your diet is and your menu, that's why I develop menus with my clients, mm -hmm. the more you develop good organisms and a diverse microflora. Isn't it something? It's something. It's so beautiful. It is. It's almost to my ears right now. It sounds very complex. Smell this, please. But it smells amazing. <laughs> Smells so good, my ceviche, my, my. Go ahead, I'm sorry, I no, interrupt you. I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it because these are all concepts that I know and I, on some level, but I, I haven't necessarily had the, uh -huh. the lexicon to describe them the way you're describing, but I think, so Lily's reaching in her refrigerator right now, she's grabbing some other ingredients. Yeah, I'm See, grabbing my is, fermented quaps. They're fermented. Quaps is a drink, it's a tonic drink made out of beets. Oh. And this is for the GI. This is to develop and help the microorganisms and the GI. So we're going to have a tonic. This is a tonic for your GI. Would you guys like some? Absolutely. Okay, so I've been fermenting this for five days. No, this one is six days. This one is three days. That's why we're not going to have it. But we're going to have this one. Now, I, I remember reading about beets in your book. So describe to me the way you are using beets in... Here, I can help you too. That's okay. So I'm trying to remember how you were describing beets in some of the recipes and its role in food. So it's cleaning out your GI, but... <laughs> but it has a root. So it goes deep into the because into the soil and it goes deep into your GI. Because it's a root. Because it's a root. It's one of the best foods for your GI. Especially if there is constipation or even if there's no constipation, it will lubricate and it will regenerate the lining of the GI. That's so fascinating. That and seaweed is one of the best things. Dandelions, I have a salad that is made out of dandelion greens, beets, seaweed, parsley that's in my book too yeah i was reading that recipe yeah. yeah and that is one of the best salads for the liver and that's why i call it liver lovers liver salad because it really helps 
the liver and it'll help the GI because the liver is part of your gastrointestinal, the digestive system. So it's very important to help the liver because he's the one that cleanses the blood every, every single day, every three, single 365 day. days a year, 24 hours he's working to give you healthy blood so your cells will be made out of that. So your liver is one of the most important organs. And beets are one, it's one ingredient to add to certain foods to aid in that process. Right. If we look at quabs, the quabs tonic yeah. is one of the oldest fermented fruits from Russia. Okay. And these actually help many people to heal the gut as well. It has alive microorganisms. It's not made out of a fungi or a mushroom like kombucha. Okay. Kombucha is... As a fungi, this is not. This is different. These are mainly good bacteria growing in there, like tobacillus and other. It has more of them. So it's not about only eating the beets. No. The beets will stay there until the end. It's having the drink. It will actually bring all these organisms alive, and they will survive more than the ones that are from pill probiotic or something like that. So probiotic food is what really help us to have more bacteria. Mm. So anyone interested in fermentation, this is maybe the incentive to begin either fermenting your own food or at least introducing fermented food into your life for better health. Yes, yes. It's very interesting how I started loving fermented foods and then I realized that my microbiome was in a better state and my digestion and my absorption of nutrients. So I have tons of energy and I don't eat a lot of or large amounts of protein per se. I eat a lot of beans and a lot of different things that the vegetables are the ones, one thing that I eat in large amounts. And if you think about this, it's like the circle of life. The earth is like 80% water. Our body is made out of 75% water. So we should eat too much that instead of eating too much dry foods, right? Mm -hmm. or not alive foods. We need foods that carry the water, that hold water. What mm -hmm. are those? Fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. They hold the water and that's the water that we need because it carries enzymes, it carries good bacteria, it carries everything that we need from the soil. So our soil speaks to us through the microbiome. We have very, very similar, if you put a picture of and I think it's Dr. Tiffany and her book of pharmacology or something like that. Mm -hmm. She puts the pictures of the microbes in the soil and the picture of the microbes in the gut. They look exactly the same. They are not different. So we just need to reconnect again with the soil and with nature mm -hmm. in a way that is very deep to preserve our balance. Would you guys like to try this? Absolutely. Let me just surface. So I have someone here who's helping with sound. His name's Kevin, and she's offering some of this fermented beets, which I'm trying to remember how you pronounced it. Quaffs. It's quaffs. K-V-A-S-S. Quaffs. Quaffs is a drink. Quaffs. It's a fermented drink that is not kombucha, like I said, and it is similar you, you can, to... You guys test it and taste it and then let me know. Then it has to be closed back in the, the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. It's been more than it's six very days. Earthy. Mm -hmm. It's very earthy. It's very earthy. Beets are very earthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of ginger as well. I don't know if you taste the ginger. I shouldn't have to tell you, but it has the ginger. Yeah. I taste the ginger on the back of my tongue a little bit. Mm. It's not as forward as a ginger-heavy dish, 
but you can taste the warmth of the ginger. Mm. Well, that's my experience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that drink, but I also do my own yogurt, cashew yogurt mm -hmm. made out of jazz cashews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do almond yogurt. It's totally different making your own recipes at home for these fermented foods and buying them from the shelf, from the stores. It's because you really know what's on it. You know, like an almond yogurt from the store has a lot of fillers and different things that you don't need. The cauliflower ceviche is finished. We have been enjoying our quaffs. Yes. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, correct. <laughs> yes, quaffs. Okay, good. It's a new word for me, so it takes a little bit of time, just like sure. getting used to new foods. It doesn't roll off the tongue as readily as a word that's familiar to me. Yeah. And now what Lily's doing, so Lily made, is it a lentil cake that we're looking at? This is a lentil flat bread, kind of. Okay. But it's not a bread, really. I, I make it into like bars mm -hmm. or pieces of flat bread that will accompany the ceviche or a good salad. It's perfect for this time of the year. My lentils, I spread them for three days until they have the little tails, and then I grind them. So this is the step when I'm grinding them. Mm -hmm. I grind, and then I add powdered chia seeds, which are right there. Mm -hmm. These are the powdered chia seeds. And, well, you have to taste it and guess what's the rest of the, the spices. The rest of the spices. So yes. You were just talking about how you are sprouting your lentils and your mung beans mm -hmm. and say with the lentils are you constantly have some sprouting because you're using them right on a daily basis right so like, like if you see in my garden and my balcony i have the sprouts right now so we're gonna enjoy it i always have red cabbage radishes i have broccoli sprouts mm -hmm going on so we can actually bring some for the salad that should sound, we do that sounds great so you're basically succession planting them you're growing little by little each yes say every few days or once a week i have a process so if you see right now i have a sprouts going on that are just recently planted so they are growing here like this one can you see this? Oh yeah. Yeah, they are starting to grow, but they need to be covered still. Mm -hmm. So they shouldn't be in the sun yet. And these ones are, I think, cabbage. No, no, these ones are, let me see what I have here. So I have a process that I start like that. And then I have another one, look at this. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's see, what are those? Are those little? These ones are radish. Those look like, ra yeah, so yeah. there's radish Radish, starts. and then I have oh, the broccoli in the broccoli. back. Mm -hmm. So these ones are the this red is, cabbage that is growing. Yeah, this looks this like another brassica. Amaranth. That's amaranth. Amaranth greens, mm. yes. <laughs> I'm growing amaranth right now. I had some last night. I'm growing the edible leaf amaranth. Oh, yeah. With the red, the, the red, red vein the leaves. Yes, yep. it's beautiful. And I love to add it to salads. I just feel better yes. eating them. Even looking at them, it's like, oh, I already feel better. <laughs> I, I, and then I'm going to get to they eat these They talk to us. Yes. yes. So let's have so with that combination of the radish. We can just bring it in and cut some of these ones. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, and you have some, oh, some pea shoots. shoots. Yeah. 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 the pea shoots in here I've been eating them so there's not much left oh, but I love them they're such yeah. a deep green yes I use my herbs too so I have oregano, oh, oregano basil, and basil and peppermints all over yes so let's come this way and then we're going to cut these guys and add them to the salad because I can help you do something yeah if you want to bring the salad I'll do that so they were waiting to be eaten <laughs> 
So I've been eating them a little by little. Radish is one of the best plants to move the chi and to actually clean the GI tract mm-hmm. and help the gallbladder. But when it helps the gallbladder, it helps the liver at the same time. So it's very good for helping the body in general to move the chi and, and you, detox. And when you talk about moving the chi, for me, that makes me think that it's warming. Is it warming or is it, what is it? No, cabbage is from the, red cabbage is cooling and daikon. I use a lot of daikon radish, which is another radish. It depends on the person's GI. If the person is digesting well or not, then I give it one or the other into their recipes. But for the most part, for weight loss, daikon radish is excellent. Most radishes are good for weight loss as well, but I choose according to how I see the person's conditions. <laughs> I'm sprouting my almonds. Okay, so there's some sprouted almonds. Yes. They've been soaking in water. Yeah, all night. Now Lily's rinsing them. So you soak them overnight. Yeah, I soak them overnight to sprout them. Mm-hmm. And then I take away the skin. Mm-hmm. That way they are easy to digest. And we can okay. actually wash them and add them to the ceviche. Okay. So we have more protein. Other way to have more protein is to add hemp seeds. Sometimes, depending again on the person's digestion and the person's needs, I will add almonds. And some people, I will add hemp seeds. So I tweak the recipe. Mm-hmm. You know. An example of a person who would maybe have almonds in their recipe versus hemp seeds. Yeah, if they have a deficiency of vitamin E, right, the almonds are very high in vitamin E. But if they need manganese, hemp's are very high, really good number in manganese. So you put greens, leafy greens Mm -hmm. and hemp seeds and you have an excellent amount of manganese. Not only that, you have minerals like calcium, magnesium, zinc, Mm -hmm. all together working for the need of the person. So it goes according to deficiency. I bear in mind, not just, like I said, the Chinese uh, nutritional therapy perspective, but also the nutritional deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So the nutritional deficiencies, this is like, for me, it's like a puzzle. So I'm putting together all the pieces so that the person will actually get what they need. How are you figuring out what the deficiencies are or aren't in a particular person? There are many ways of finding out from, again, from the Chinese perspective of nutrition. We have the tongue reading, Right, mm-hmm. we you have the eyes. eyes, yes, yeah. and the skin, the color of the skin. But usually, I follow first my questionnaire. There is a large questionnaire, a health form that they need to fill mm-hmm. out, and that will tell me a lot about the person's sleep. So, how they are sleeping, how they are digesting, how their bowel movements are, of course, are they're amazing to know about that. That gives a huge clue. Right, because that's the ultimate goal right. or end of digestion. Right, and I usually ask them if they can bring a blood panel, you know, a test blood panel that they mm-hmm. have done with their doctors. And sometimes I work along with the doctor so that we can actually, the doctor says, I don't know what is good for this, but she needs this. And then, oh, okay, thank you. So that's easier. But sometimes just reading my questionnaire, I'd realize, oh, this person needs this, most likely. So we just add it to a food or to a dish, and then we start creating a meal plan. So you're cooking for people, but are you also teaching people how to cook for themselves? So of they, course. Yes. They yeah, can of course. take control of, oh, yes. of their... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's one, one thing I do, and I teach nutritional classes at... I used to teach a lot at Whole Foods, but now I teach privately and I teach at cancer support centers. I do 
series of classes, you know, that, so that they call me, you want to teach one of your series this summer or this mm -hmm. fall. So I teach all fall cooking and mm -hmm. or for GI sensitivities or issues with digestion. Depending upon the cancer or the issues that person might be having, right. side effects. Or right. So we're adding this to the dish right now. I'm sorry. So okay. So the radish sprouts and the almonds. almonds are going in. And we're going to add the other sprouts so that we have more from the cruciferous vegetables, which are highly anti-cancer. And that's one of my fortes. Mm -hmm. I think that cruciferous vegetables save my gut and save my life. Like I was saying, I love them, especially cabbage. So I eat quite a bit of cabbage and I grow quite a bit of cabbage sprouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the reasons. I eat them every day. Good for you. I do. Excellent. I feel like I can't get enough. I'd like to think that is a couple of things. It's you know time spent with these plants. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the recipes I have, they're not as sophisticated as yours. Or, mm -hmm. And there's not as much thought that maybe goes into them in the beginning. But I feel that the more time I spend with the plants and the more time I spend growing them and tending to them from one season to the next, the more information they give me on how to cook with them. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just, I won't even think about it. I'll say, oh, it just feels right, right to put these plants together. That's intuitive eating. You are using your intuition, which is very good because you must be in touch with them because you are interconnected with plants. You plant them, you pick them up, you are in between them. Mm -hmm. So you actually carry their energy and you can read more your body, which is microorganisms. Mm -hmm. So your microorganisms listen. talk to you. They're, they're the talking to me. They're talking to me all the time. I love that. Yeah, they do. All the time they talk to us. That's why I, I really ask the person, how do you feel eating this? Or what do you think about this? And touch the plants. And I take them shopping to the farmer's market. I take them shopping to the stores. Mm -hmm. We do a nutritional tour with foods and I I see the reactions of people when they are eating certain foods. That gives me a clue. This person. Right, so you're watching, you're paying attention. Totally, all the and time I'm observing. You're observing, and so what I hear too, I feel like so many things in life, and I'm sure you feel this way as well from what I understand, is, is simply just paying attention. Observing. And, and observing and paying attention. And, and I feel like life all the time, every day is giving me cues. And if I have a question, I can just say, well, if I just pay attention, the answer to that question is going to we'll pop come up. up. We'll and come so, back. And yeah. it might be on the cover of a magazine at the checkout aisle in the grocery store. <laughs> or it might be that I'm overhearing a conversation of the people behind me. Yeah, we or have signs it, all the or time. Or it might be in the garden. Or right. It might be, who knows? But I right. feel like if I just pay attention. It will pop the, out. I would have fewer worries and concerns that I could You'll just You'll have trust. an answer, yes. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, for me, food is not only work nowadays, because it's part of my work as a nutritional chef and as a nutritional coach, but it's also fun. I'm mm -hmm. creating. So remember, I, I'm a creative person. Mm -hmm. right? right? You had your start in graphic design. Exactly. So for me, it's like, oh my God, I can create this and this. Like the dish that you're going to taste today with the lentils. One day I was observing the lentils and I was like, people don't eat enough protein, especially vegans, when they eat small amounts of lentils and they think that they're having enough protein. How can I pack them together like a bar? <gasps> and that's where your lentil bars came my from. My lentil bars came from that. So I created like that. And then one of my friends came and she's like, oh, that's a huge bar. It's like, okay, let's break them down. So I break them down and I create bars that are like real bars, right? Listeners, these bars, Lily has made them in basically a skillet, a saucepan, 
on her stove and it's this solid round disc in some ways and when she cuts into it it looks like you might think of as an energy bar but it's solid. It's solid lentil and other ingredients. You said that she has seeds, and you're gonna tell me what it is. You're gonna you're gonna let you're gonna let me try to guess. Yes. What's inside? Right. What you mix? So let me just put the bars in the in the plates, and then you guys can try it with the ceviche. Is that okay? That sounds fabulous. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm touching things with my hands, but That's okay. I'm, I'm a cook. What can I tell you? So I don't know if you guys eat two each one, but you can serve the ceviche as much okay. as you want they can get stuck because they are solid and they they're have dense. Yeah, yeah they're dense exactly so how i have to cut how long did it take you to make this dish cooking by itself yeah this is the first step in my food processor i put the fresh lentils mm -hmm. or the fresh mung beans depending on the health of okay, the person of the person and so i give them one or the other and then i grind them until they become let me just show you this one is going to be actually sweet it has orange peel and orange Juice on that. Mm, you no, smell that? So fragrant. So yeah. so you've sprouted the lentils, or is this the mung beans? This is the mung beans. You've sprouted the mung beans. You've put them into your food processor with these other ingredients. And then a little bit of water, and I grind them into a, a dough. So I create a dough. Right, a dough. A, yeah. Exactly. And then I add the spices and a little bit of salt that they need, or coconut oil, depending. Mm. And then when the dough is done, it looks like the mix. fennel in there. And For that one that is sweet, yes. But this one is not. This one is savory. Okay. And this one is the lentils. I put them in the skillet, and I close it, and it sweats, steams. So a lot of nutrients are preserved. I haven't even tried it myself. That we have to guess. Mm, yeah, come on, go. <laughs> Pat you on the back. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah I'll just, just have one yeah. for myself. Well, yeah, you guys take two so that we can start eating and talking a little bit more. So yeah, these are the mung beans that I sprout. My daughter loves mung beans, mung bean sprouts. Oh, I'll give you this recipe. She will love this because it's sweet in the sweet flavor mm -hmm. and it's especially good for stomach and spleen pancreas. So it really nurtures that network. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have too much raw mung beans without having other spices that they need to be matching, then you can cool off the stomach or the pancreas and you don't and want you that. And you want to keep the stomach, in your book I was reading this, that you want to keep the stomach warm. Yes. That it protects your immune system, is it? And, and your digestive and fire. And your digestive fire. Yeah, right. Because we're constantly trying to keep that fire. Would you also then relate that or compare that to your chi? Right. Like just trying to keep that energy flowing so that you don't have stagnation, so your body right. so, is yeah, doing it, what it's it supposed to do. It is the same concept of eating too much raw and then taking too much time to digest that because you have to warm up the food. It doesn't come warm into you. So even if you blanch the food, I eat a lot of raw, believe me, but I definitely like blanching, steaming to preserve my energy, my own energy. Don't, don't we eat for energy? We do eat we for eat energy. We eat for energy. It's so who we likes to, to feel tired all the time. No, no. one I, no one wants to feel tired all the time. And, and I, I, I learn also from clients, you know, seeing all these vegan clients and raw food clients with digestive problems. I'm like, you shouldn't because you're eating a lot of enzymes and a lot of good foods. But then I realized they eat cold all the time and they drink cold drinks on top of the raw food that they are eating. So they're losing energy. They're not preserving. 
Interesting. All the dots are connecting. If, if <laughs> anyone could see me right now, the wheels in my mind are turning and I'm trying to connect all these dots because this truly is a language for rethinking food and how we approach food. And how we eat and how we cook. All right. It's so. fascinating. <laughs> it's a whole world. It's a whole it is, world. It is. And these types of food is what healed you. And yes, you exactly. living 17 years after being clean, no medications. I have more energy than before cancer. And I love helping people because I found my purpose. Finally, I found my purpose mm, in life. Meaning and purpose. Meaning and purpose. Helping my clients is my major love. They're like my children, the children mm -hmm. that I didn't, didn't have. So I help them in a way that when they thrive or they not only lose weight or they become a survivor of five, 10 years and they're still coming to see me sometimes to tell me something or to tell mm -hmm. me, what do I eat this season, Lily? You know, that kind of thing. So I, I realized, wow, this is amazing. Did I do that? That's Did really powerful. It's, it's the best feeling in the world, helping another human being. See photos from my afternoon with Lily, find her recipe for cauliflower ceviche, and learn more about her on the podcast blog, growwhatyoulove.love. You'll find links to her website and socials like Instagram there, and follow her at Lily Holistic Nutrition, and that's Lily with two L's. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give it a thumbs up if you like it, and please leave a review. This is incredibly helpful to the life of the show. Follow me, Emily, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, you name it, at Pass the Pistil. That's P-I-S-T-I-L as in part of flower. And find my book, Grow What You Love, wherever books are sold. I'd like to start off by thanking Gilmore Garden and Watering. This episode would not have been possible without their help. I'm always on the hunt for tools that make watering in my outdoor space easier. Well, Gilmore has a really neat adjustable sprinkler that is just that. You can adjust how narrow or wide or long or short of an area you want to water. And there's an on-off switch so you can move it around without getting wet or having to run back to the spigot to turn it off first, which is super helpful. Try one out with promo code GROW20 or GROW20 and save 20% at gilmore.com. Now, I'd also like to thank Lily for making time in her busy schedule to meet with me and also for the fabulous lunch. I'm so grateful to have met you, Lily. Thanks, too, to Kevin Basel for sound engineering, Disher Sound, Resonant Recordings, and Lauren Siri, Julie Harris-Walker, Lasta Drakovich, Josh Murphy, Laura Ling, and to all of you, thank you for supporting and believing in me. I'm Emily Murphy, and this is Grow What You Love. And so that's what we should look for in this world is thinking of our own species and helping our own species to be healthy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and by the way, we help the other species, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are all interconnected with mm -hmm. not only our gut and our microbiome, our microbes, but with the macro mm -hmm. ecosystem. And that's when we belong, we are all the same. We belong to the same tribes, so we belong to the same world. It's mm -hmm. just one ecosystem. Why would, should we be looking at things differently or thinking that we are better or that we are less or that we have more and that the more we have, we are better. That's not truth. No, it's not true. That's not truth. I'm so glad I found you. No, thank you. Yes. Yeah.